My text is John chapter 10, verse 27. John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I think to understand that properly, we need to go back. Very often in the Bible, to understand things, we need to go back. For example, if you're preaching through Hebrews, then you'd have to know something about the Levitical priesthood, wouldn't you? You wouldn't fully comprehend the book of Hebrews without going back. And I want to take you back to Psalm 23 to begin with. And um, as you know, Psalm 23 is situated between Psalm 22 and Psalm 24. And Psalm 22 begins with these words, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And a Scottish theologian some time back said that that was the Psalm of the Cross. Okay? Psalm 22 begins with, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The Psalm of the Cross. Jump over to Psalm 24. Psalm 24, verse 7. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King? Of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord, Lord mighty in battle. And the same theologian has called that the Psalm of the Crown. Psalm 22, the Psalm of the Cross. Psalm 24, the Psalm of the Crown. And Psalm 23 begins with, The Lord is my shepherd. And he's called that the psalm of the crook. And the crook obviously was used to protect the sheep when they were attacked by enemies and to get them out of trouble and so on. So Psalm 22 is about the good shepherd laying down his life for the sheep. Psalm 24, it's the chief shepherd ascending into glory to give glory to his sheep, to make them like himself. Now think of that. That just overwhelms you, doesn't it? That we've pathetic sinners like we are will one day be like him. But you see, that that's the psalm of the, of the crown. And Psalm 23 is the great shepherd who's taken his life again and who lovingly shepherds and pastures his sheep to the Father's house. So let me just, as an introduction, develop that and say this. What, what's the psalm about? It's about the giving by the shepherd of every blessing the sheep will ever need. And I need to say this, and I think this is the most important thing. Who is the shepherd of the psalm? The Old Testament tells us it was Jehovah. The New Testament tells us it, is, it was Jehovah Jesus, who is the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. So who is the shepherd of the psalm? The Lord Jesus Christ. Who are the sheep of the psalm? And I, I want you to grasp this if you grasp, grasp nothing else this morning. Who are the sheep of the psalm? You see... 
everyone who has been brought by the Holy Spirit via the cross, via Psalm 22. Do you see the point? Everyone who has been brought via Psalm 22 by the Holy Spirit, they've been brought via the cross into a living personal relationship with Jesus the shepherd. And you notice that that the, the, the psalm talks about personal relationships. Remember in school you used to do a personal pronouns, me, my, and I. If you count it, if you count Psalm 23, the number of times it says I, me, my, and I, I count 17. So, so he's talking about a personal relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. And I have to ask you, is this Lord your shepherd? Is he your shepherd? Because if he is your own, you have identity, your life will have a direction, and you have a destiny. So really the psalm belongs only to those who have come via the cross. That the Lord is my shepherd. Now can you say that? Can you say the Lord is my shepherd? If you can, if he's your shepherd, you, you've not yet known the blessing, you, the blessed, how blessed you are, how good God is, and how blessed you are as his sheep. If the Lord is not your shepherd, you've not yet begun to know how poor and miserable and how blind and naked you are before God, your creator. So make sure the Lord is your shepherd. That's the, that's the most important thing I can say this morning. Make sure that the Lord is your shepherd. Having gone back to the Old Testament, let's, let's, let's jump on to the New Testament and to my text. And... The text is, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And the text tells us some of the marks of belonging to Christ. If you're a sheep, then these are the marks that you have. And there are three of them. Christ's sheep believe. Christ's sheep hear. And Christ's Sheep follow the text. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And so I've said that Christ's sheep have Jehovah as their pastor. And what a comfort that is to every Christian. Isn't that a wonderful thing, if you're a Christian, to have Jehovah as your shepherd, as your pastor, And Jehovah watches over us. He provides for us. He walks with us. And he's following after us. And he follows us with his goodness and mercy. And with him watching over us, we lack nothing. And so the Lord leads us. And one man has said that that Psalm 23... The Lord is my shepherd. He's in the first verse, okay? 
the last verse, but one I think is, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So the Lord is leading us, goodness and mercy, two sheepdogs. Isn't that a lovely idea? Two sheepdogs, keeping us within the parameters of, of how we live, how we live out our lives for God. So the psalm talks about the Lord is my shepherd, he's leading us. And following us is goodness and mercy to sheepdogs. And the verse says, the text says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Listen to what Bishop Bridal says, uh, preaching on this verse. Our Lord does not simply call his people sheep, but he also says, my sheep. It is as though he would have us understand that he looks upon them as his property. They are, as it were, stamped and sealed and marked as the possession of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And it is a blessed, comfortable thought that even as men are careful and tender about their earthly belongings and will not willingly allow them to be lost and damaged, so is our Lord and Saviour careful of the souls that belong to him. Of course, we are his, we are his property. We've been, 1 Corinthians uh, 6.20 says, we've been bought with a price. And in the words of Ryle, we are his purchase. And in John 10.11, I read it, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So what are the marks of belonging to Christ? The first mark is this, Christ's sheep believe. Now, the context of the parable is this. Jesus was speaking to unbelieving Jews. They'd gathered around him. And in response to his claims of, being, of, of deity, they were pressing him. Isn't it John 10, verse 24? How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And that was an extraordinary thing for these Jews to say. Because the Lord Jesus had already told them. He'd already said who he was. And more than that, he demonstrated who he was. How? By the works that he had done. Listen to John um, 20, verse 30. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. The point is this. In the face of all these miraculous signs, these Jews refused to believe. And Jesus answered them in John 10, 25 and 26, I told you, and you do not believe the works that I do in my Father's name. They bear witness of me. But you do not believe. Because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. So the first mark of being a Christian, one of Christ's sheep, is that you believe. And I think it's important at this point for me to, to tell you what Jesus and John meant 
when they spoke about believing. And it, in, it involves this, doesn't it? It, in, it involves an understanding of biblical truth. You must start there, must you? Faith comes by hearing, hearing what? Hearing the word of God. So believing must start with, with an understanding of biblical truth. And I was reading this week, Campbell Morgan, <laughs> summing up the Lord Jesus Christ said, he used four V's. He said, this is what you must believe. Virgin birth, the consequence of not believing that, a devastating day because Christ would not be perfect. I won't go after these things in detail, but Campbell Morgan, the man who was in Westminster Chapel before, Dr. Lloyd-Jones, he said, think of Christ's life like this. The first V, virgin birth. The second V, virtuous life. Okay? Virtuous, that means sinless. The third V is vicarious substitution. Vicar means substitute, isn't it? Vicarious substitution. You're talking about the cross. In my place condemned, he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah. What a saviour. And the fourth V is victorious resurrection. Now, I, th- I think Campbell Morgan did well to, to sum it up like that. And so, believing begins and involves an understanding of biblical truth. Now, you have no excuse in this church. The truth is preached to you every Sabbath day, every Lord's day. And, um, and so you need that, don't you? It involves an understanding of biblical truth. But it, un- but it means something much deeper. It means this, coming to saving faith. Remember what the Apostle Paul said to the Philippian jailer? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And I was thinking of an illustration to, to help us understand this. And um, I had an accident just over a year ago and I had an operation. I won't go into great detail. But, um, and... I was talking to my wife before I went in for, in for the operation. And I said to her, I believe in this man who's doing the operation implicitly. And so I'm not afraid. Right? So I'm going into the operation. I, I say to my wife, I know about this man. He's a good surgeon. I believe in this man implicitly, and so I'm not afraid. So what was I saying? I was saying that this man was a fine surgeon. Of course I was saying that. But I was saying more than that. What I was saying is this. I'm ready to entrust my life into the hands of that man. And I was ready. I, I believed in him, you see. I was ready to entrust my life into the hands of that man. And that's what saving faith is. It's entrusting your soul into the hands of the one and only person who can save you from sin, from death, from judgment and hell. And the Jews refused to do that. And for them, it wasn't a matter of intellect. I think it wasn't a matter of intellect with them. They understood. But it was a matter of the will It wasn't that they could not believe. 
but that they wouldn't believe. Now, I pray that there's nobody here this morning in that situation. So the first mark of, Christ, of being Christ, one of Christ's sheep is that you believe. The second mark is this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Some of you might know Mary and John, John Jones. Mary died now, and John, uh, they were sheep farmers in Tranemouthoy in North Wales. You know, remarkable couple. A lot of you know about them, I know. And um, John takes a friend out onto the, onto the hillside, and um, it's a sheep farmer, um, hill, hill farm, and um, they're looking at some sheep on the mountainside. And these sheep are some distance away. And John points to his friend and says, see those sheep over there? Shout to them. And the friend shouted. <laughs> and nothing happened. The sheep kept eating the grass. They went on grazing. John then put his hands to his mouth. He shouted out. And the sheep came running the point I'm making. What does Jesus say about the shepherd of the sheep? Verse 10, uh, John 10, 3-5 To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep he goes before them. And the sheep follow him for they know his voice yet they will by no means follow a stranger but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of a stranger we're going to sing our last hymn which is um, 549 we'll sing it at the end it goes like this I heard the voice of Jesus say come unto me and rest now have you heard the voice of Jesus have you heard that voice calling to you personally. It's a personal thing, as I've said, isn't it? Have you heard the voice of Jesus? Um, and so on. So, Christ's sheep hear. What's this hearing of the word of the shepherd? What's this hearing of the voice of the shepherd? Well, primarily, it's the faithful preaching of the word. Primarily, it's that, isn't it? And on top of that, of course, it's your own personal reading of the scriptures and meditating on the word of God. So Christ's sheep believe, Christ's sheep hear, and thirdly, Christ's sheep follow. Back to my text. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They follow me. Um... You know, on the Isle of Lewis, in the Outer Hebrides, church people talk about a certain folk in the community who've begun to follow. And what they're doing is, they're saying this, they're talking about people who've been converted. And they say it like this. Oh, so-and-so has begun to follow. And... Um, uh, could there be a better way of defining what a Christian is? 
Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Or do you remember when Jesus healed blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10, 52? Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. And followed Jesus on the road. Of course we will follow, won't we? If we've believed and we've heard, we will follow. What else could we possibly do? <coughs> Remember the Sunday school chorus? I don't know if you sang this one, but... Follow, follow, I will follow Jesus everywhere, anywhere. I will follow on. Follow, follow, I will follow Jesus everywhere he leads me. I will follow on. Of course we'll follow. After all, he's Jehovah. He's the perfectly wise and good shepherd or pastor. And going through Psalm 23 very quickly... Verses 1 and 2, he satisfies me with what I need, not what I want. Okay? You read the psalm and you go, he satisfies me with what I need. He restores me whenever I fall. Praise God for that. Isn't that amazing? He restores me whenever I fall. He leads me in his perfect will. And he protects me in times of trouble. And he lavishes on me his very best. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And he assures me that he will bring me home. So here he is. He satisfies, he restores, he leads, he protects, he lavishes, and he assures me. And... I'm thinking back a lot here, but um, this pre preachers of a past generation used to say that Christ's sheep have two marks upon them. One on the ear, not why you are, you know, ear. One on the ear and one on the foot. The mark on the ear is that we hear Christ, right? And I've explained what hearing means now, haven't I, you know? not just hearing him with, with a voice. What happens is this. I'm, I'm, I'm standing here this, this morning preaching. Now, congregation is like this, isn't it? Some, the, the word goes in here, mouths around your head, goes out there. That's not that. What I'm talking about hearing is the word goes in here, it goes in, it goes in there, around your head, into your heart. And it becomes a moving, motivating power in your life. And out of gratitude, you want to follow Jesus. It's not a chore. It's not something, something that, oh, I've got to do. No, no. It's out of gratitude. So, when you hear the word, does it go in there, mulls around your head and goes out there? Or does it go in there? You think about it, and that thinking leads to moving your will. And that means that it's a moving, motivating power 
in your life. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. And following Christ, obviously walking in his footsteps. The mark on the foot. And we do that by obeying him, by serving him, and imitating him as much as possible. What can be more important than assuredly knowing that we are truly the sheep who belong to the flock of Christ? Now, are you one of those? Do you know who you have believed in? I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Are you assuredly certain that the Lord is your shepherd. And I finish with Ryle's comment again. I press upon each of you now. I call upon you, O man, O woman, to put your hand upon your heart and ask that question. Am I a sheep of Christ's flock or am I not? Do I hear his voice? Or do I not? Do I follow him? Or do I not? Do you not know that there are only to be two sorts of characters before the judgment seat? Sheep on the right hand in honor and goats on the left hand in disgrace. And do you not know it is just the same even now? There are only two classes of people on earth. There are men and women who hear Christ and follow Christ and are in the way to be saved. And men and women who neither hear nor follow him and are in a way to be lost. Which flock do you belong to? There's no middle state. And I ask you to examine yourself and be wise in time. Now, to those of us who are Christ's sheep, there's given this glorious gospel promise. And this fills us with, with certainty and we are sure and we have a certain hope. A good shepherd will never break his promise. And remember he says in John 10, 27 and 28. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. It's my text. And they follow me. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. What a privilege. We as God's sheep, as Christ's sheep, we are an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, reserved, kept for me in heaven. A seat in heaven. What a hope, what a privilege. What a glorious prospect. The Lord is my shepherd. Can you say that truly from the heart? Having believed, having heard, and having followed. Amen.